0: Last one of these for the year at uh, 1203 Dr. Pain Show anytime. By the way, free consultation, one 855 doctor Lou. But the phone uh, lines are here. They are open at the uh, at the radio station as well. you want to call in over the next hour. We'd love to hear from you. Email is info at paincarecandida.com. Dr. Lou is here. And uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. We always look back with uh, some things that have uh, concerned you and otherwise in the week that was. How you doing, Bill?
1: Yeah, good. Yourself, John? Good, man. I'm great. great. Awesome. Uh, yeah, similar uh, cases to the last few weeks, actually. I guess because uh, I've been talking about it, a lot of these cases have been coming through the office and we've been see- seeing a lot of uh, similar types of uh, pathologies going mm-hmm. on where th- the wrong thing is missed. And last week, I highlighted the point about uh, a lot of carpal tunnel type symptoms actually come from the neck. And then I started to allude that similar things can happen in the low back and the lower limb. Yeah. And I actually had a patient this week uh, come in, uh middle-aged male, Um, Posterior knee pain, which means uh, pain in the back of the knee. Family doctor uh, did x-rays, ultrasound in the back of the knee. They found the the regular stuff that you would expect in that age of an individual, some minor degenerative changes, assumed, okay, here's the reason for the pain. Um, And then from there uh, was sent to therapy and the therapy focused solely on the knee. Uh, okay. to the posterior knee behind the knee, uh, patient went, I believe he said, I can't remember now if it was three weeks or four weeks, but something like that. Yep. Uh, and in that time you would expect to have some type of an, of an improvement said he wasn't feeling better at all. In fact, at certain times he said he was feeling worse, heard us on the show, wanted to come in get a second opinion. As I was talking to him, uh, I, I went through the things that I always go through, which, like we talked about last week, the character of pain starts to point me in a direction, and he said that the pain was sharp, which, again, I said last week that when you hear something like sharp pain, you start to think, okay, could be local for sure, sharp definitely mm-hmm. uh, is a is a structure. But then he said another word, he said, it's sharp and it's burning, and now burning starts to point me in the direction of the neurological issue, where I okay, start cool. thinking, okay, n- maybe there's a nerve issue going on here. And you know, the next step is understanding the anatomy of any part of the body that you're dealing with. And so you're looking at the posterior knee. The sciatic nerve, which is a a bundle of nerve tissue made up from all the way from L1, 2, 3, 4, S1, uh, comes together and it goes behind the knee and then it splits to go into the lower leg. So a piece of the uh, of the sciatic nerve is actually in the posterior knee. So after I I spoke to him, I did one quick test, and that's called a straight leg raise. That's when I grabbed the per, press uh, person's leg, raise the straight. They're lying up. on their back. They're lying on their back, okay. and you're just literally lifting their leg to see if there's nerve tension. As soon as I did that, he jumped off the wall, said, "That's my pain. That's what I've been dealing with." No kidding. So eh? then now I'm like, okay, so it's a sciatic nerve issue. So it's probably not local. Now what I start doing is moving up, and what do we find? He has a trigger point in his piriformis, and we talked about this a few weeks in ago. the butt. So in the butt. So what do we do? Acupuncture, treat the, the trigger point with some uh, release therapy. Boom. After one treatment, comes back uh, two days later, says he's 80% better. It's still there. Uh the next part of what I'm going to have to do with him, uh, the fact that we've got him, his symptoms better, is figure out why this his form is tightening up like okay. that. So now we're going to work on those things. But it was just, it reminded me of what we had been discussing in the last few weeks, that a lot of practitioners look at just the area of the complaint and don't think to say, okay, well, what else happens here? Because the body's connected. muscles go from one area to another nerves do the same thing, et cetera, et cetera. And so in, in looking at that bigger picture, I was able to find this person's problem who it was missed by his family doctor and was also missed by the therapy uh, place that he was going to. So, I mean, that's uh, the reality of what I'm seeing is a lot of is, is, Laziness, I guess, is the simple way to put it. Uh, People get busy and they just, again, they feel what's common is common, Mm -hmm. and we'll just deal with that. And uh, unfortunately, all that does is it hinders uh, patient care. 416-870-6400,
0: star 640 on cell. Carlos, right out of the gate. Good afternoon. How are you? Hello. Hey, Carlos. Yeah, good afternoon. Good. What's going on with you?
2: Yeah, regarding fatty Mm deposits.
1: Okay.
2: Because I went to the doctor uh, a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And they said that I had some fatty deposits near the belly area. Okay, like a lipoma. I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Okay, Did just say fatty deposit. Yep. What could that uh, be, or what can that progress? Because they told me you should not worry about it. Because once you, because I'm a little bit overweight. Yeah. You know, I'm not because I'm around six feet and I'm around 200
1: pounds. Okay, so you're not—that's not that bad. But essentially, I think you're talking about lipomas, which are just small fat deposits that are subcutaneous. They are very, very common. They Mm -hmm. do tend to be common uh, in people who are overweight. Your body just needs places to store fat, and so it starts creating these little lobules. They don't progress into anything, so they're not. It's not like it's going to become cancerous or anything like that. Can I ask you? uh, Sure. Because I have it right on the, you know, just on the side of the belly button. Okay. And.
2: Not all the time, but once in a while, it just hurt. It's a little pain, right? And, and it, it's pain. I don't know. And sometimes even when I'm not touching. It's like a nerve, right? It's just it's
1: slight it's like pain. That's it. Yeah. So, so what I was going to say is the, the, the lipoma itself, uh, doesn't cause any problems. However, depending on the area of the body that you have it in, if it's pressing on a subcutaneous nerve or it's in an area, like a lot of people tend to get them in the back near the spine and then it may push on a muscle. It causes a little bit of irritation. If there, if it's causing you some type of pain syndrome as a result of having it, they'll remove it. And it's a very simple one day procedure. Uh, my brother actually a few weeks ago just had a few of these uh, removed. Uh, uh, and it's a one day procedure they take them out i think they can only do 3 at a time um if it is causing a complaint it is covered through ohip if it's just for cosmetic reasons i believe it's not i'm not 100% sure but i believe uh that hmm. that's the case but yeah definitely if it's something that's bothering you um getting it checked out getting to the right people for it's sure, easy enough may to I, get May i ask you a
2: uh, sorry sure. about that No it's okay uh,
1: regarding uh
2: she said that if I, uh, the, my doctor says if i lose weight that will go away is that the case
1: Potentially, yeah. Possibly. We, we wouldn't know until you actually do it. But uh, when you kind of understand the physiology of it, which is your body looking for places to store fat, if you lose fat, then now your body has more places. It could it theoretically, mm-hmm. I guess based on theory, it could go away. Would it go away 100%? I'm not really sure. Uh, I think that's great advice. I think, you know, if you're overweight... Uh, John and I were just talking about our New Year's resolutions. Oh, we both gosh. got to lose some weight. Uh, so I think if anybody that's, you know, can get in better shape, it's always a good idea.
0: We'll take a short break. Hang on, Pete. We'll get to you. Uh, phone lines are wide open. You got questions for Dr. Payne. Bring them on. 416 870 star 640 on cell. Lots more of the Dr. Payne Show. Dr. Lou is here to answer all of them. Right up until uh, 1 o'clock this afternoon. Talk Radio AM 640. You bet. 416-870-6400. Star 640 on sale. It twelve thirteen on the last show uh, for 2016. By the time we come back next weekend, it'll be uh, a brand new year. got uh, Pete. Pete, thanks for hanging on the line through a short break. What's uh, what's your concern, pal? Uh,
3: it's Nightly leg Cramps, mm-hmm. for which I um, purchased two different brands of um, under-the-tongue uh, homeopathic from the health food store. They both worked within 10 minutes but the problem is each one also works as a laxative is there something else which will only only uh, uh fix the leg cramp and not work as a laxative also
1: so this it's only at nighttime yeah. sir, sure this is uh you're describing like the nocturnal leg cramps like at, in the middle of the night your leg will just cramp and you wake up that those ones they,
3: they wake me up and they'll keep me up uh, repeatedly
1: Right. So, so those leg cramps most often are due to one of two things. It's either a potassium deficiency or a magnesium deficiency. Uh, so instead of substituting, I'm not really sure what's in that homeopathic remedy. I'm going to imagine there's probably a bit of those two things. Uh, but I'm always a proponent before you start using supplementation, you, there's the foods that we eat, the things that we do, we can get a lot of what we need. So if you consider something like potassium try having one or two bananas a day. And then magnesium is found in any green type of vegetable. So, you know, start having a banana a day and maybe a salad a day uh, for a few days and see if that starts to improve your symptoms. And it does, it's just due to a simple deficiency. And I'm always, again, uh, a believer in trying to get the things that we need from the foods that we already eat versus supplementing. I do believe in supplementation when there's a true deficiency in the body. Where you need uh, help. Where you actually need help. Like your body can't, digest something or can't process something. But in, in terms of something like that with the leg cramps, I've had them before, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, I would definitely try uh, including bananas, uh, which are a good source of potassium, and any green type of vegetable like broccoli, lettuce, et cetera, et cetera, which is going to be a good source of magnesium.
4: Okay, I'll increase my
1: intake over those. Thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. Take it. Yeah,
0: call us back, Pete. Let us know yep. uh let us know how it works. So that's another thing you should mention as well. Your your clinic, it's you have people on staff Everything. that would do Yeah,
1: right. my exactly. my clinic's a multidisciplinary clinic. Uh that it's not just naturopaths, physio, chiro, physicians, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Whatever it's gonna take. Uh we have the, the resources to get people uh in touch with the right things and you know, some of the things I know myself. I try any patient that comes through the door, I try to uh, see them personally myself in terms mm-hmm. of the initial assessment, I, and then I uh, point them in the right direction, but anyone that's come through the radio show especially, uh, that's the way we deal with it, and they get the help that they need, and you know, so far thankfully all the feedback has been uh, it's been good. It's been positive. Uh, are we perfect? Nobody's perfect. Uh, But we definitely try our very, very best to make everybody happy. And most importantly, just get people better. 416-870-6400,
0: star 640 on cell. Got some lines open for you to uh, call through. Carol, good afternoon. Oh, hi. How are you?
5: Oh, okay.
0: Okay. What's your concern?
5: Okay. I've got, um. I had an x-ray done. They told me I've got stenosis.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: The, um, lower lumbar facet joints. And so I suffer from the periformis and the SI joint and, and sciatica. And my leg will give out on me sometimes. And I'm always in pain, Like I, even in bed trying to move and everything, the, the sciatic nerve down my leg. And I've gone for physio and everything, and nobody can help me. I never know a day without pain. Right. You can help me?
1: Uh, yeah, uh, stenosis, like we've talked about before, is uh, is a trickier thing because it's related to the hole where the nerve comes out, which is called the intervertebral foramen, the IVF. Uh, causes it that that space we've talked about this before is it, the nerve should take out, up about a third of that space and that stenosis happens which is just the generation of that space the nerve starts to take up more and more room so it starts to become more like two-thirds and now any way you move will cause a little bit of pressure on that nerve and it causes uh, radiation down the leg the, the key with stenosis is there's a uh, there's actually good research coming out of uh, the University Health Network on stenosis management because, again, there's nothing that will um, cure this, mm-hmm. right? But there are ways that you, the proper things that you can do, just understanding the anatomy, the right exercises. We help tons of people with stenosis. We follow the best clinical uh, guidelines, the clinical evidence uh, and and evidence-based uh, literature that suggests help for stenosis. So, yeah, I think absolutely give us a call uh, and we can definitely try helping you out.
5: Okay, I just tuned into the show. Yep. I've never heard your show before. Okay. And um, where votes are you? Uh,
1: the main clinic where I work out of personally is in Etobicoke uh, at Highway 27 and Humber College Boulevard. However, through our uh, provider network, we have uh, locations across uh, the GTA or all of the Golden Horseshoes. So usually we like to have people come in to see me at my location the first time. Yeah. Uh, and if, you, if it's something like uh, consistent treatment that you need, we'll find something close to home for you
5: yeah I'm in South Etobicoke. okay so oh, yeah, perfect
1: n- n- not very far
5: okay so what what we're like what do I do do I just call
1: the... yep yeah okay. w- you know what we have your number the um our call screener has got your number yeah, anyway, w- Carol and we'll contact you how's that
5: oh that'd be wonderful
1: awesome great and we're on every
0: Saturday by the way Carol uh, just so you know it's one eight five 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 Dr Lou we'll get to squeeze one more and sure we will Hiya, George good afternoon
3: oh good afternoon
0: good sir what's concerned
3: I got the. I don't know if you know anything about yeast infection, and uh, boy, I got to really keep uh, bathing every day, nearly to uh, prevent it. Mm-hmm. I've tried that can canister and all kinds of stuff. Uh, I know a lot of doctors kind of turn the nose away from that. Right. But I don't know whether someone uh, on a health program said something about starches uh, and sugar attacking starches and. And I confronted a doctor about that, and he said, now nah, that's a lot of hogwash.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: But that, that kind of makes sense in a way. It could uh, be like that. You know, you know. Do you know anything about it?
1: Yeah, I know. Uh, I know stuff. I don't personally deal with yeast infections, but obviously as a doctor, I do know about yeast infections. The one thing that I can tell you with the body, the way the body kind of works when you have things that are not getting better with the recommended course of treatment, a lot of the times your body gives you warning bells that you're maybe a little bit unhealthy and it wants you to get healthier. So a lot of people, as they start to get unhealthy, will start to develop, as an example, a lot of skin issues. And they'll go to dermatologists, they'll be giving creams, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and they're not getting better. Uh, they're not right. getting better because that's your body's way of telling you that there's something, you're not healthy, something's going on, you need to get healthy. So in the absence of remedies working for something like this, the next step that I would try, is try cleaning up your diet to to eliminate grains. I think that the theoretical component of, of that does make sense and start exercising a little bit just cardiovascular exercise a little bit of walking are you can you describe yourself are you a little bit overweight are you a healthy individual?
3: No well, I got all kind of things like so yeah. Prostate cancer, bone cancer, and all that stuff. But uh, no, but I try to stay away from. Although I was kind of hungry yesterday, and I broke, I started eating a bit of uh, brown bread. But Mm -hmm. I like to stay away from all the grains. Right, I think it's got the gluten in there, and that could be some of my. It it could be,
1: but again, just based on what you quickly told me there about the the health concerns that are going on, it's a complex case. Uh, Again, anybody that calls our show when I have the numbers, the call screener usually asks. Is it okay if Dr. Lou contacts you and, and the following week after the calls come in? I always contact people. I'll give you a call. We can talk about it a little more in private and see if there's anything I can recommend.
0: George, I appreciate the call and for you as well. Hang on the line if you're calling through. If you want to call through, 416 870 6400, star 640 on Selga. Lots of open lines. Want to talk to Dr. Lou? Uh, some concerns, health concerns, right until 1 o'clock this afternoon on the Dr. Payne Show. Talk radio, AM 640. Got some open lines you want to call through here at uh, 1222. We'll take your calls and concerns right up until uh, till 1 o'clock today on the last show of this year, rolling into 2017 for our uh, our next show. Gary, uh, good afternoon. How are you, pal? Hello, sir. Yes. Good, sir. Uh,
4: yes, uh, my age is 71 years old, Okay. and uh, I have a hernia. It, uh, it, it swelled up uh, most of the time and uh like it'll go down a little at nighttime when i lay lay on my back
1: mm-hmm.
4: and uh, then they'll swell up again and uh, uh sometimes it it hurts pretty bad and other times like it, it don't it don't hurt too bad right and uh uh, I wondered if you you knew uh what I could do like to to eat or or something I could do to help it like uh i'm working and i'm afraid uh i'm afraid to get the surgery i don't have to work but i do mm-hmm. and uh i'm just afraid to get cut open because uh my my prostrate is uh like i I have little little peas eh a lot of them okay you know and and I'm just afraid to get get cut open.
1: Right, have you spoken to a surgeon about the hernia?
4: Yes, I have yes,
1: and, and what did they recommend?
4: well, um first, I had to go and get a test test on and uh uh then when the tests come back uh my doctor he 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 wanted me to go and get the surgery mm-hmm. and then I did see a surgeon and uh and uh, like um I, I don't know like. When I went to the surgeon, they they, they tried to push it back in, mm-hmm. and uh, it wouldn't go that day. Right. But but uh, like I guess I guess I'm supposed to have surgery, but I'm not sure.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it hernia is, it, you know, there's a couple of different types of hernias. I'm not sure which one you're talking about, but it, what it's in the groin, yeah, oh, in the groin. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and what can happen is your um um. Uh, bowels can be strangulated, right? Mm. Is often what happens and that can be very, very dangerous. Uh, So, I mean, I have not seen it and obviously if a surgeon and your family doctor are recommending uh, the surgery, it's probably not a bad idea. I, I mean, you have to realize hernia surgeries are something that are done all kinds nowadays. It's not like getting it done uh, 50 years ago. So I think the risks, uh, you know, anytime surgery, I had a patient call me the other day from the show uh, and wanted advice on surgery or no surgery. And, you know, it's again, surgery plays a role. Uh And sometimes it doesn't, and I think this is where if multiple people like your family doctor and a surgeon are both saying, "Hey, this is probably your best option. Also, if you're not able to uh control it in any other way, this sounds sounds like one of those times that probably uh surgery may be An option that needs to be considered. So I would definitely say, Gary, that, uh, I mean, continue having the discussion with your family doctor, with the surgeon, uh, become a knowledgeable consumer. And what I mean by that is just ask them about the potential risks Mm -hmm. and the benefits and make that informed choice for yourself, right? Because at the end of the day, in healthcare, we're not forcing people to do anything. We're just simply providing advice and and optimal advice and saying, here's what you can do. Uh, But I think it's everybody's responsibility as a healthcare consumer to be informed and make an informed decision and, right. you know, have the people that you love, your, whoever, your, whomever that may be that's around you, they're helping you make that decision.
4: Yeah. Yes. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just scared, scared of it to get, to get cut. Cut because I don't mm. understand it good enough. But, but, uh, like, uh, 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 like I, I put something there to try to hold it in,
2: mm-hmm.
4: you know, and, uh, and that, and, uh, but um like is it is this a danger to me like to, i mean
1: Uh, Potentially. I mean, I'd have to see all the tests. I'm not sure. It might be, again, if uh, hernias can be dangerous, it's actually kind of the opposite of what would be common sense. Bigger hernias, bigger holes don't tend to be as dangerous because there's less chance of strangulation, but it's the smaller ones where if uh, some piece of bowel gets stuck in there, it can be more easily strangulated. So it may be dangerous. It may not be dangerous. I'm not really sure because I haven't seen it. I definitely would say keep following up with your uh, family doctor, the surgeon, and, and mm-hmm. have them give you their opinion since they've seen it.
0: Oh, we, I mean, we had one of our producers here at the radio station a couple of weeks ago was off for, for hernia surgery, you know, yeah. you know, home for a week or two, and then yep. slowly back at work, and now he's uh he's rocking and rolling. Got uh, Eddie here. Hey, Eddie, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good, sir. What's your concern?
6: Well, in 2008, I had two uh, knee replacements. And the surgeon said uh he was going to straighten my legs up because I uh was severely bow legged.
7: Mm-hmm.
6: And then uh and then I had another problem after he straightened my legs up. I uh I had uh um worn discs and vertebrae and, and pinched nerves. Right. So he referred me to another orthopedic surgeon
7: mm-hmm.
6: who who had a MRI ordered. And uh, that was the result of the of the MRI, the pinched nerves and everything. Okay. And uh, now I I'm down to about one block of walking before I get severe pain. You know, I, I, I the the pain radiates from the lower lumbar into my hips.
1: Okay, into both and, hips or just one, Eddie?
6: Oh, just uh, both hips. I start I start walking like a duck.
1: Okay. Yeah with yeah. severe pain. Right. So th- I- this sounds similar to our other collar of stenosis. This is very characteristic of stenosis symptoms of when those uh, that hole where the nerve needs to go um, starts to close up due to degenerative changes. And then as you walk in, and because you're standing, so that makes... See, what happens with stenosis is when you're standing straight, that IVF, that hole, is uh is more narrow and as you sit and open up so flexing your knees to your chest will actually open that hole up. Wow. So one of the things with stenosis management is uh it's very characteristic these people walk stooped over like he's mentioning and they can't walk for too long and then as soon as they sit they start to feel better because what did you do with sitting? You flexed your hip a little bit so that allowed that IVF to open. Um one of and then one of uh, one of the, just for anybody listening with stenosis, one of the best things to do with stenosis, because you still need to keep moving, right? This is a, it's a very fine line because you don't want to tell uh, people who are elderly that have stenosis, you need to stop moving. Using a stationary bike is great because it keeps you in a, your hips in a flex position and you're still getting circulation. So using the bike and using it properly, uh, which a lot of people do wrong, they don't know where to set the seat, uh, but using a bike low level intensity just for about 20 minutes a day is one of the best things that uh, wow. helps with stenosis so for anybody listening uh that's a quick tip uh right there uh eddie give us a call this is definitely something that we uh tend to specialize in so uh and we can help you out
0: i'll give you the uh the doctor's number here one 855 55 doctor Lou, get in there for a free consultation and if you want to call in this afternoon we got some lines open for you 416-870-6400 star 640 on cell more of the dr Payne show is coming right up just hang on talk radio am 640 got some lines open to take your calls till uh, 1 o'clock this afternoon. We'd love to hear from you. Health concerns, pain, all of that stuff, it's covered. Dr. Lou is there to uh, answer all your questions. Free consultations, by the way, when you call the clinic. Uh, Lois, how are you?
8: Oh, well, fine, thanks.
0: Good. What's your concern?
8: Oh, I have a lot of pain in my uh, stomach around my colon, right across my stomach all the time. When I get up in the morning, it starts and... Then uh, I have to go to the bathroom probably about six times before I can go anywhere because it it just keeps on and it's not uh, really solid. It's all, uh, you know, different.
1: (laughs) Okay. Have you had this looked at yet, Lois?
8: I've been to the doctor a couple of times, but uh, then he ordered an MIR, but I never heard any more from them.
1: Okay. Um, when did you have that done, that study?
8: Uh, they didn't do it. Uh, they oh. uh, never called me on it. <laughs>
1: okay. And so are you sure it was an MRI or no colonoscopy, nothing like that?
8: I, I, I think it was an MRI. MIR. MRI? Yeah. Okay. Whatever.
1: Yeah, probably looking at the function of the bowel, looking for uh, things in there. Yeah. I mean, that's... Um, how old are you, Lois? 80. Right. Yeah. So, anytime you start having uh, bowel changes, whether it's severe constipation or diarrhea the mm-hmm. other way, uh, definitely it's something that needs to get looked at right away. Uh, yeah. I think you know if you, um, if your doctor's already ordered those tests, I think you're on the right. Path. I just think maybe those need to be expedited. Which uh, maybe call your doctor's office back and just let them know, like, hey, I haven't, yeah, uh, I haven't heard because a lot of these things do happen where uh, offices are busy and things just get put on the back burner. Uh, so you know, again, being a, a consumer yourself you know, call call the office, let them know, hey, I'm still having these issues, keep going in, uh, and, and let them know that way they can keep looking at it. But definitely, if you're having pain and uh, something like that severe diarrhea that doesn't seem to be getting better, uh, that yeah. is probably a cause for concern. I would call that, not you know, almost a red flag. So I definitely think it's something that needs to be looked at uh, very closely, for sure.
8: Yeah, that's. I went to a different doctor because... We go to the walk-in clinic, but we're patients there. Right. And uh, my husband wasn't really satisfied with him, so we tried another one, and mm-hmm. uh, that's who was going to order the MIR. But but I don't. I never heard from them again.
0: Do you have a, a GP you go to all the time? Your 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 family doctor?
8: Not since we've lived here. We've only been in well and going on three years, and it was hard to find a doctor, but. Mm-hmm. these are through the walk-in clinics yeah. and they take in regular patients.
1: right yeah it's yeah. it's the the unfortunate part with the walk-in clinics is you tend to see different doctors That's each why time I asked, yeah. uh and so that you know n- i don't want to say it necessarily minimizes the care but i definitely think um from a walk-in perspective from a legal perspective they're liable kind of for that day that they're seeing you versus a family doctor takes on your health. So, uh, I mean, I, I get the dilemma because this is the reality that we face in a lot of, um, you know, the places outside of like Toronto itself is that there's a shortage of family doctors and a lot more walking clinics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're doing the best thing that you can, but I think keep following up, right. Or, 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 you know, contact the College of Physicians and Surgeons uh, and see if they can help you find a family doctor. You have to, yeah, yeah. you have to get one yeah. for sure. So they yeah. have a medical history. That's, That's ongoing, right? Yeah. right?
0: Got uh, Elena here. How are How are you, Elena? I'm good. How are you? Good. What's your What's your concern today?
7: Okay, so I've had a problem for like eight years now, where my hip does this like kind of clunking thing. I'm not really sure what it is, but it feels like it pops out and then pops back in. Okay. And I haven't really gotten an answer as to what it is.
1: Okay. Can you tell me how old you are?
7: Uh, I am 23.
1: 23. And body type, like very mobile, flexible, or or not really?
7: Yeah.
1: Uh, Yeah, petite. pretty mobile. Petite? Pardon? Are you petite? Yeah. Yeah. So, Uh, I mean, uh, it's very hard for, if you're, if probably what's happening is that the uh, you're right. It's just the hip popping, the uh, the femur on the acetabulum, uh, that joint is probably just popping. And a lot of the times when you have things that clunk or pop, it's often due to, it's, you're the typical type of patient. I mean, I can't see you, but just by asking you, the fact that you're petite, you're young, you're very mobile, uh, that just means that, you know, your joints are going to be able to move a lot more than other people's joints. And so when that happens at a certain point, anytime you take a joint and move it beyond its physiological range, you create a pop to your fingers if you take your finger and you bend it back far enough at a certain point you'll hear a little bit of a pop uh, and that happens because nitrogen bubbles in the joint start to pop because you've taken it in uh, past its physiological range Uh, so maybe you just have a little too much range which is not necessarily bad Um, I always tell people you know people ask me is it better to be uh, you know stiff or really mobile and the answer is you probably want to be somewhere in between mm-hmm. so people who are very very stiff uh, need to do things to offset that stiffness like stretching yoga type things and people such as yourself who are hypermobile uh need to do more strengthening things where you start to strengthen uh, the muscles around that hip. Uh, give us a call. We'll follow up with you. Leave your number with our our, uh, call screener or uh, give us a call back at this number that you just called. Um, And we can definitely have a quick consultation and see uh, make the proper recommendations for exercises for sure.
7: Okay. Can I just say, like I've seen an orthopedic surgeon and I've seen uh, several other types of doctors and physiotherapists and they're back and forth saying that it's the IT band too short and that they need to cut it or it's like that um, SAI FAI, um, yeah. Is
1: is it yeah, a click it that you have or a pop? Is it a painful it's click?
7: Very, it's very painful, like, popping. I don't really know how to explain it. It just looks like my whole leg just shifts over and it's, hmm. every time I bend over or move my leg, it does that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, again, I'd have to see it. I don't know for sure. But, yeah. you know, what I can definitely tell you is a lot of times people come in and it's really funny when people say I have an, a tight IT band. That's its whole purpose is to be tight. That's yeah. what an IT really? band is, right? It's a, If you look at most tissues, uh, you know, there's there's a mix of, of collagen uh, and fibers and... It, Basically, the IT band is is supposed to be a tight tissue. Uh, So Mm -hmm. I don't know anybody that would have a loose (laughs) IT band. Um, The the other potential is what you said, which is the FAI, which is femoral acetabular impingement. And that's either going to be due to uh, the... The structure of the bones themselves, or it's going to be muscular in nature. So FAI, uh, you can't stop there. You have to figure out which one it is. Uh, Again, give us a call. We can definitely set up a consultation and an assessment to figure it out and give you the right answer, because it's kind of difficult if I can't actually move the joint around to give you very specific answers.
0: Take a quick break. IT band. So it's not a bunch of computer guys like the cars. No. All right, gotcha. <laughs> Wondering. Uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Got some time taking your calls right here on the Dr. Payne Show. Talk radio, AM 640. 1242, Dr. Payne Show. You know, it, it was funny. And then let me, you would know because you do a lot of, you know, not am I going to say internal medicine, but you're not a surgeon, but you do a lot of physio and a lot of uh, chiropractic work. Lois, a couple of calls back mentioned that, you know, stomach problems, diarrhea, pain there. Can that also be a cause of that be a nerve? Can there is there nerves running through there? Could there be an impingement that causes that type of thing as well? There's tons
1: of nerves in the abdomen. Right. Um, could it be that? Yes. Uh, it didn't sound that way. Um Having said that, we didn't really talk to her enough and Mm -hmm. we didn't go through, you know, there's a lot of other things that we could have talked to her about if she was in my office. Uh, She mentioned the stool. I'd want to know the type of stool, what it looks like, because that will start to point you in different directions, the color, the consistency. Uh, Also, uh, big thing with that area of the body is if there's any skin changes. Right. Nail changes. Uh, so your body responds. Right. If there's a yellow tinge going on, well, then that could be some type of a liver pancreatic issue, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so is it possible that it was a nerve thing? Yeah, I would say in that area, it's not as common, though, with the symptoms that she's describing. Mm-hmm. If she was only describing pain in the front of the abdomen right. with no other uh, GI type of symptoms, then definitely could be something like a thoracic disc herniation, are. Uh, which are much more rare than neck and low back, uh, but they are possible for
0: sure. Yeah, I just wonder if that type of thing is, uh, is possible. we got uh, Joanne in Etobicoke. Good afternoon, Joanne. Hi. How are you?
9: Oh, I don't
0: know yet. All right. Well, let's go. Let's find out. <laughs> uh,
9: in July, I fractured my um, lateral fibia tibia. Okay. And uh, and when they put the blue plastic cast on, it wasn't like a straight cast. When they brought it up to to the inside of my right knee, it was like rounded off like a cuff, eh? Right. And so now the cast is off. My shape of the leg is not straight. It's got that swelling or cap on the inside of my leg. So now when I walk, I walk with a gait, everybody says. Mm-hmm. And it's very it's painful, you know, and then I have to take acetaminophen and whatever else, mm, right? And give it, rub it down. So I'm just wondering. I really didn't. When I was uh, discharged, I wasn't really given any instructions or uh, physio. No, not physiotherapy. But when I was in the care,
1: mm-hmm. I was
9: just doing the bicycle uh, exercise. Okay. So uh. that's it. So now I'm stuck at home. I don't know what to do. I can't get in touch with my daughter yet. Right. So I. Hoping for some help, direction.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, most bones, when they fracture, Mm -hmm. uh, especially like something like the fibula, which is a longer, thinner bone, Mm -hmm. uh, they don't tend to to heal perfectly straight anymore. Uh, Similar things happen up in uh, the radius and the ulna in the arm. They don't necessarily really tend to heal perfectly straight anymore, uh, just because of the nature of, unless they pin it in place, Uh, it doesn't tend to heal. And the callus formation, anytime there's a fracture in the area of the actual break, you're going to get a callus formation, which is just more bone in that area. So any type of deformity could also be due to that. I mean, I I would need to see the x-rays to comment on how it healed. um, And then, you know, looking at, You know, the thing with fractures in the lower limb and when it changes the dynamic of the bone can also change uh, the way you're going to walk and then changing that will then create pain in other areas. But there are things that we can definitely do to to, at the very least assess that. And then, you know, whether it's certain devices like an orthotic uh, or, you know, whatever might be needed, there are recommendations that could be made uh, to help you be uh, more pain-free. I don't know that I want to say completely pain-free but definitely help you manage this i i doesn't sound like what was done was necessarily the most ideal situation i mean i we didn't really get into it but just based on the fact that you said all you were doing was on the bike i don't know that that would have been the best thing i I would need to understand the nature of the fracture a little bit more but i see that you're in etobicoke so that clearly means you're very close to my main office uh so uh you will leave your number with our um Call screener, and, and I'll definitely follow up with you, and we'll see what we can do to help you.
9: Also, and when I did break it, it yeah. didn't break the skin. It just popped out and popped back in.
1: Oh, so it was more like a dislocation?
9: Well, uh, well I don't know. When I figure a break, you break the skin, it please, nothing happened like that. It just uh, not
1: necessarily. You don't have oh. to break the skin for a fracture to happen in the bone. Oh. Uh, it is possible. That maybe you're saying it dislocated, which would be different. That's when joints pop out of place. Uh, it's not as common. Uh but yeah, this is this is where you know the consultation, the assessment. I'll be able to go through this thoroughly with you uh, and give you a proper answer. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Take Great, care. thank you. Hi, Hannah. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Good. What's your concern?
7: My concern is my fingernails fall out, and I'm told it's due to osteoarthritis.
1: Okay. H- how long has this been going on?
7: It's for years and years.
1: Really, I- I've actually personally never. Uh, have heard of that. Uh, where is the osteoarthritis in the hands? Over. It All over your body? Yes. Do you have any other comorbidities going on? Any other health concerns? I've got
7: diabetes.
1: Diabetes? Okay, that maybe is a li- makes a little bit more sense. Um, yeah, I, I personally have never heard of fingernails falling out due to osteoarthritis. Um, am I saying that it's not possible? No, anything's possible in in, uh, in the body for sure. I, there's a lot of weird things that happen. Um, give us a call. I think this is one of those ones that I have to really dig deep into and, and ask you a lot of questions uh, to really figure it out because, again, it's not something that I'm actually familiar with. I can actually talk to uh, one of my colleagues uh, who specializes more in dermatology and find out if there's uh, some type of a correlation there because I'm not familiar wow. with it yet. Okay?
7: Okay.
0: Okay, thank you. The number is one doctor Lou, That's where you've never heard about that any other way. Never mind osteoarthritis, right?
1: Um, Yeah. I, I mean, if she, the diabetes, um, you know, with a systemic issue like that, uh, the poor circulation. There'd be gangrene issues, right? Not even necessarily that far. But, you know, when you have diabetes and it progresses long times, your skin starts to change, your nails start to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lack of circulation. Uh, so that may make more sense to me where if it was a circulatory issue, because right. obviously your nails need circulation in order to grow, stay healthy, same as your hair. Uh, you know, it could be something like iron deficiencies perhaps, right. right? Like a lot of people with iron deficiencies tend to lose their hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would have made more You're sense. You're looking at me. But but, uh, but uh, uh. related to osteoarthritis, it, 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 I just can't think of it.
0: <laughs> Got a few minutes still for your phone calls. 416-870-6400-STAR-640 on sale. Dr. Pain Show continues. Talk Radio AM640. It is 1252. you got a couple minutes to throw us a phone call here. Yeah, I'm spitting everywhere. It's me? Can you diagnose that? 416 870 star 640 on sale. And uh, we'll get to our phone call here in a minute. So it's coming up the end of the year. Yeah, Resolutioners, sure. the gyms will be full for about a month. Then they'll be either injured or they'll quit.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think the, the place where I can comment on for sure uh, is that we definitely tend to see an influx of people Uh, coming in and around February due to injuries that they sustained back in January when Mm -hmm. they tried getting fit again, whether it was joining a gym again or becoming part of some sports league, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, It's a very, very big thing. It actually, I think, hinders a lot of people's New Year's resolutions of wanting to get fit Uh, because if you suffer an injury, obviously it's going to stop you, you you, you know, and it turns you off. There's a psychological component. Then you start eating unhealthy, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, So one of the big things that we definitely see is an influx of people in Mm -hmm. February due to injuries sustained in January because they'll they'll start to hurt themselves and they'll say, Oh, it'll get better on its own. And these injuries either tend to be things that come on slowly where they they'll say, you know, I started running again. Uh, and my knee started hurting, and now it's to the point where it's really bad. And they thought it would get better, or they do something really bad, like where they throw out their back and they can't do anything wow. at all. Um, so one of the areas that we deal with at the clinic is functional assessments, where we actually look at people's bodies, assess their function, and make recommendations on uh, how to graduate mm-hmm. into uh, a, a program that you want to achieve. Right. So, uh, and we tend to try we try to work with any personal trainer that the the client's working with, uh, so that we can make the specific recommendations based on previous uh, injuries that they've had also their function where we can identify okay here's a weak point where if you are going to sustain an injury this is likely where it's to occur so here are the things you may want to um, you know avoid so and I think that's right. a big thing for anybody who has a New year's resolution uh, if you do want to try to to stick with it, don't wait till the injury happens uh, but maybe get assessed before get that functional assessment uh, and then from there you have the right recommendations on what to do and that'll help you to uh, secure the fact that you're gonna maybe achieve that New Year's resolution and just take it easy go and yeah, take slow. it easy and that's that's you the know, biggest that's the thing. thing like they even, rush it. yeah just just take it easy graduate into anything just because you used to run five kilometers. Six years ago doesn't necessarily mean that you can do it again on day one. So you know you got to crawl before you can walk, and you got to do. You know that's the way to go. Hey, Trish, how are you?
10: Fine, thanks.
1: Good. What's your concern?
10: Oh, 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 okay. (laughs) I thought I was talking to you the first time. Um, Go ahead, Trish. I'm I'm Chris.
0: Oh, Chris. Oh, Chris. I
10: got uh, hemorrhoid problems. Okay. I had a colonoscopy about four years ago. Mm-hmm. And that's when I found out that I had them. Okay. So um, I've been using um, preparation H and mm-hmm. uh, the suppositories and the ointment. Right. And nothing seems to help. Okay. So the doctor recommends me have another another colonoscopy, mm-hmm. and then. Um, Go uh forget what he calls it to have a camera put up to see what's going on mm-hmm. um I just wondering um if I have another colonoscopy uh can they do something there like uh, he doesn't recommend cutting them out, but he says if they're long enough, they can tie them with elastic,
1: okay. Yeah, this is definitely not my area of expertise. Uh, I think if any time a physician wants to order a test again, it's because they weren't sure based on the first one, or they just want to double check because if things are not getting better, they want to see is there potentially something else going on. Uh, So in the absence of you getting better uh, with the treatment that you've already been doing and now having been recommended uh, to go through the colonoscopy again, it's probably a necessity at this point. So I- I'm not really sure of what they can actually do, just because again, this isn't the area uh, that I deal with. Uh, oh. But if they've reco- if they've said that the bigger ones that they can tie and, and you know Which strangulate I've of, yeah. them, I've heard of that too. Uh, then yeah, maybe that's a potential. But again, similar to the other caller that we were speaking to you have to be an informed consumer speak anytime you're seeing your healthcare professional whether it's a surgeon your family doctor your massage therapist whomever it is your naturopath uh Nothing that we tell you is set in stone. This mm-hmm. is m- merely us giving us our, our our professional opinion. You, the people, our listeners, you guys have the choice. You have to be informed. Get all the necessary information that you want. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Ask about the risks, the benefits, uh, other options, and you become an, and make an informed decision. That's the biggest thing in healthcare. We we need to take responsibility of our own healthcare for sure. So
0: we got about a minute left. So taking into 2017, some cautions we should be looking for anyway, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I think. I think the biggest thing that I've tried to get across with uh, with this show is that uh, education uh, and empowerment is definitely a way to help you. A lot of what I've seen in the past a year through this show, has been people who have just been misinformed. And, right. you know, even just talking to me for a little bit of time or speaking to someone, uh, part of my team, they've been able to get better just because they've been given the right advice and they've just followed advice. A lot of the people that I see, I'm not necessarily recommending treatment. I'm just giving them advice on what they can do on their own. And they, and it seems to be helping. And the biggest thing, again, is becoming an inf- informed consumer of healthcare. We We all have to take the responsibility for ourselves, uh, see the professionals, get their advice. And then make the right choices.
0: Till next year, that'll be next yeah. weekend. Happy the New year number to everybody. Yep. free consultation, one eight five 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 five. 55 Dr. Lou is the number or email info at paincarecanada.com. We'll see you next weekend. The Dr. Pain Show, Talk Radio, May 640.